Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Unfortunately, we have to finally address it. COVID-19, the coronavirus, has affected the world of movies and TV. Did you notice they went through a period in the media where they were really pushing COVID-19? I know that's the actual name. And they've had to revert mostly to coronavirus. Because it's catchy. Man it's, on the street. It's catchy, what man. What That's it. Ruling those beers forever, though, I reckon. Nah, they'll be fine. Maybe not, though. That's, another, that's, for, the, that's for the beer <laughs> the beer podcast. <laughs> but did you that's hear... That's our other podcast. A statistic of like 38% of Americans asked if they thought corona beer was in any way associated with coronavirus and yeah 38 percent thought yes this is all fun but i think very off track to where we need to be <laughs> closures delays production shutdowns it's all happening that's it and with that we're talking about i mean there are bigger stuff bigger things going on in the world more in important world, things but our corner in our world on our podcast on. what we need to talk about um and again we're not saying this is more important in any way than anything else that's going on but it's what we talk about. So, movies, uh, TV, all that kind of jazz. So the TV, we don't need to get into that too much. Or we can do it now, actually. We'll, you know, we'll break tradition. We'll do TV and then film. Well, let, well let's just say, with TV, it's different. You know, we're, we're not dealing with people, like, gathering in public. So with TV, things are still getting to us. However, production of TV shows yes. are kind of going on a little bit of What's a What's being made is still airing, but... That's most shows, run out. most shows, have gone on hiatus with coronavirus. And again, we're not going to spend too much time on this. But you've got that fourteen-day period, so that's the period. So whether it's too much longer than that, but a minimum of two weeks, productions are shutting down. Like a small show I watched, The Neighborhood, with Cedric the Entertainer. They'd oh, okay. all anyway, anyway, season two. They'd almost completed the season two finale, potentially they might not finish that episode. Wow. Because it might cost them too much to come back and just finish that part. Bigger shows, like bigger budget shows, like your action shows, all your CW shows and everything else. I'm just sitting here worried about Grey's Anatomy. They've taken two weeks off production. But they'll be right. And and there it is again. Two weeks. That's the period that we're hearing. Even movies like The Batman closed down production for two weeks. They were going to look at keeping that open, but they're shooting that in Glasgow. Scotland's not, not looking too good. Anyway, we don't want to get too much into the real life uh, the implications. We <laughs> the the s- real life pandemic that Let's, we are experiencing. You had to say the P word. Okay, <laughs> we're going to run through uh, the movies that have been affected and more so the movies that were due to be released that we would have been reviewing on the podcast in the coming weeks or coming months. The first one to move was James Bond, No Time to Die. I feel like this happened so long ago, but I guess it was... That's because, like, day-to-day, things are changing yeah, so much. so fast. On March 4th, so that's quite a while ago now, I guess. That's I guess. when the movie was said to have been pushed back. It was due in April, now November. Traditionally, November is the time that Bond films do get released. Yeah, so that's... But keep in mind, though, this okay. movie was delayed from last November. Ah. So they was just going to hold it back for, like, six months or whatever, but now it's had to jump a whole year. Now, this will be the same with a lot of movies that we we're going to mention that have been delayed. But, I mean, it, it does... There is a financial cost in delaying it, but I guess it outweighs the financial cost to, I guess, put it out and then lose box office dollars. Um, so... I mean, a lot of these movie studios, like they're coming out there saying, "Look, we're 
what their, what their official statements are is, you know, we care about public safety, your health, we want you and your family to enjoy our movies, etc., etc. Yeah, there could, there's likely some truth in that, but at the end of the day, the real truth is is that it all comes down to box office. A lot of their global markets, whether it be in China, whether it be in Europe, America, like well, domestically America, or even not so much here, I don't think any cinemas in Australia have been closing. But Not yet, they've started to close down in America. Cinemas have been shutting down, which means total blocks of their markets are down, which means they're not going to get that box office dollar. That's huge revenue. And even here in Australia, what they've started doing is they're, they're purposely selling to, I think it's like half capacity. They can't fill a screening like they used they're, to. They're giving people freedom of space, you know, like giving up. Yeah. But what I'm saying, it comes down to it's it's a business decision. And I, I kind of wish they would just be forward with that and say, look, it's financially, in order for us to make movies in the future, we're going to have to do this so we can make our, our dollar back. That's what it comes down to. Let's, um, let's, I don't blame them. No, I, I don't it. as I well. I understand. Yeah. Hey, hey, listen, like, we love movies. Like, we do. It's why we do this podcast. But of course, health of course is more important like, <laughs> and, and the safety. You, do you know what I mean? I'd much rather wait. I mean, there is going to be movies like Disney movies, whether it be Mulan, New Mutants... That could maybe just drop on Disney Plus. No, the thing More so is, no, the mutants. thing with that is that it might be easy to say, "Hey, just release it on home video, release it on your streaming serve." But they've got agreements in place with movie theaters, right? Okay, yep, contractual agreements, and they can't break that. They can delay and push back, and you know, withhold. That's but a good point. They can't just remove it and say we're no longer going to show it. I still think it might happen. But that is a very, very good point. If they, I mean, they, I if they do it, it there would be a huge financial I risk. I can't see it happening with Mulan. I, I, may, I, th- I do think, like, New Mutants, holy <laughs> crap, that was made, like, what, 10 years ago? I think that New is Mutants a unique case. New Mutants is definitely case. cursed. So I think they might just say, you know what, to hell with it. Just get just it out. Just it on Disney+. Plus. Hey, let's give a shout-out to Disney+, Plus, releasing Frozen 2 three months early. Yeah. Now it's already released. It's already on home video. You can go out and rent it. You can buy the DVD or Blu-ray. It, so you know. Apple is not happy, I'd imagine. Because <laughs> like, hey, buy it from us, rent it from us. But yes, in in the US, Frozen Two got released on Sunday, which was the Sunday after the home video release. And then in Australia, we got it. Well, we're going to get it on the Tuesday. Still very very good because obviously they have their plan with how they release their streaming thing, and they're breaking that. Just a, as a nice little to get it early, and I guess you know this That's is nice. for people that are subscribing to Disney Plus. Like here's a little something for you, and uh, Rise of Skywalker. They've brought that release forward as well. Oh, okay, right. So that's a little Disney update. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, John Krasinski announced that A Quiet Place Part Two has officially been delayed. No new release date. Just got to wait for that one. Scary, scary stuff. Um, the upcoming installment of the Fast Saga has been delayed almost one year due to the coronavirus uh, coronavirus concern. So F9 will now release April 2nd, 2021. That is a whole year later. And this announcement came just days after Vin Diesel said they would not be moving the movie. Hey, Vin Diesel, he's having a moment, isn't he? Because I'm pretty sure yeah. the, the most recent big movie that was released is his, Bloodshot. Not many people are watching it. But he's I mean, having a moment with It that might movie. be the only movie in theatres at the moment, but it's uh, empty. I mean, there's a handful of others. No, we, there, are, there are some. We were due to get do. onward. I think advanced screenings had happened. Yeah, you know what? We're In Australia, we're getting onward a little bit later to time in with our school holidays here. Right, but um, they've already I done think, the previous screenings here. 
That's happened already a couple of weekends ago. That's because it's already been released in the US. Now, I imagine if the onward release date was worldwide, the release that we're getting in Australia, or the official release, I would have seen this being delayed as well. But they've already released it in America, so they're like, whatever, release it in Australia, like, it's done. But Fast Saga, though, what a... It's what a disappointment huge. a I mean, whole year. I, I'm not a huge fan, but even I'm like, well, wow, I'm a big fan. That is intense. That like, is a long time. Uh, you mentioned, you know, box office, you know, potential losses. Well, we're seeing that already. It's previous weekend. Hollywood experienced its lowest grossing weekend since September 15th, 2000, totaling 55.3 million across all films. It's nuts. Now, I mean, like, worldwide, there's. You know, the economy is going to have a turn, and I won't do all this for too long, but overall, with everything, things are going to be shutting down. But in this little pocket, the movie industry, there is going to be a bit of an impact. Um, If things do recover quite quickly, I mean, the next big, really big movie will be Black Widow at the end of May, is it? The end of May? First of May. All right, so the end of April, I think we get it. So you're going to look at movies like... Black Widow, Wonder Woman, now, these, around. These could still get delayed. At this time, they're staying where they are. I mean, if you look at China, they are now starting to reopen things. Like Apple stores across the world are now closed, and there's about 42 stores that have just reopened in China. So they're slowly starting to get things moving again. But I think with Black Widow, May, that might be too soon. Like, if you go to the cinema now, like, all posters have... The coming soon date. They've now got little stickers over them. All the dates have been covered up just so people like can't That's get it. Yeah. mixed up. Now, I mentioned to Hollywood, loss, box office. The previous benchmark featured following three top titles. So this is like years ago where box office was really low. We had three films. Keanu Reeves in The Watcher, which took 5.8 million. Bait, not overly familiar with that movie. It took 5.5 million. Bring it on, just five million. That's now like a cult classic. Okay, like a, yeah, we can call like it a that. Teen I guess. comedy. Yeah, but at the time, bombed. <laughs> but I think we can move into something a bit lighter now. Um, before we get to trailer talk, though, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. They've released um, heaps of new posters, and I know it's not always the best talking about an image <laughs> you, yeah. on a podcast. Uh, but all the posters once again feature her wearing the golden armor, and it looks pretty cool. And still sticking with the pastel colors. Yeah, so very colorful. Again, I'm still getting those Thor Ragnarok vibes, but you know, I'll digress. Um, all right, one more thing before Transformers, and one more negative. Just I just want to mention one more negative. So Universal Pictures, all live action productions are on hold, and that includes uh, Jurassic World and Dominion. Know, and that's uh, just. It's just out of all the movies. We could have sat here and just, we could have individually no, but I reeled them to, all off. I just I know, to give... Jurassic Park short oh, thing, but we could have reeled just, them all off. Gotta... Alright, better talk about But trials. we're not talking about cancelled productions. We're talking about No, that's true. Productions on hold. But yeah, you're right. It's I mean, not cancelled. That movie is on there. We're don't not even, talking don't about Don't even cancelled. say that word. We'll get another Jurassic World film and it will be better than Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> um, okay, trailer talk. And we've got just one trailer. It's the Movie Connected, animated movie, produced by Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse's Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Went into this trailer, I had no idea yeah, what clue. it was going to be. Not a clue. I, like the posters, it had like kids or family in a car, and then you start watching the trailer, I thought, you know what? Yeah, there's kids in a family fun. in a car, and they're going on a holiday. It's pretty fun, and then all of a sudden, alien, in, not alien, but Robots. robot invasion. There's... 
It's like the last third of the trailer is a different movie. It looks what? brilliant. <laughs> Do you know who's playing the dad? No, I have no idea. I didn't look. Danny McBride. When? Not sounding like Danny McBride. No, I wouldn't even... I didn't pick anyone. Playing the daughter is Abby Jacobson. She's from that show Broad City, which oh, I believe I, you I watch. I enjoy. I enjoy. I enjoy her. Yeah. Mae Rudolph plays the mum, and she's always great in everything. This in everything. film... She's great in everything. She's oh, brilliant. no, she really is. This film looks really good. I had no yeah. idea. I thought, I'll I check was... it out. I put it on the schedule without watching the trailer first because I wanted something current and just something potentially light. And then <laughs> as I'm watching the trailer, laughing. It is a funny trailer. I mean, I was into it. I was looking, you know, but I was into it as a like a family road trip movie where you know, there's some it looks antics. So fun. And I was like, maybe, you know, this could be quite charming and stuff. Turns it to this sci-fi bonkers... It looks great. ...robot invasion movie. Because I thought, right, you know, Lord and Miller, they're going to... Because this is Sony animation, right? You Name me big hits they've had before Into the Spider-Verse. They've had decent animated movies. I think Smurfs was theirs. That was like a bit of a hit. But they've not had massive things. Okay, all I can think about is the... the uh, the Dracula one, <laughs> Hotel Transylvania. Oh right, that no, that is Sony. Okay, so that would be the best example. That I forgot that was theirs. Yeah, they've done a they've done a bit, but yeah, but, no, it's not as. I know, but not until Into the Spider Verse, they were really able to say, "Look at us! Look what we can do!" So when this trailer opened, and they're really pushing that mm. connection, and I'm like, oh, okay, let's see where this goes. And yeah, the trailer looks brilliant, just and just so funny when you got those two robots in the scan and the dog. It's going dog pig dog pig bread. <laughs> it's just yeah, silly brain, yeah. and the dog just keeps licking the dad's face and he's like oh you actually licked my tongue <laughs> there's a it's that cute humour kind of mixed together and I think yeah and with with Lord of Mill behind it it looks I so th- much fun I think it's going to be a surprise just like the Lego movie just like oh that's I, in I, as well I picture yeah, myself watching this movie with a big smile on my face all the whole time because it'll be infectious honestly we've don't say infectious oh, <laughs> no, no, no. We've, well we've that moved, part of the show's over we've moved past that, with yeah. my kids on a Saturday we do movie nights every Saturday we watch a kids movie and you know what for an adult they're not all good there's some really bad ones oh, out there, there. Are, there but are. this one looks really good Angry Birds I watched them recently they were a lot of fun yeah, both Angry you Birds movies. Can't be. I mean, I haven't seen it, but you they're can't. really fun. Sony pictures. <laughs> no, okay, that, oh, okay. You know what? Sony's surprising us all. <laughs> Unless you're listening, thinking, "What are you talking about?" Luke? They also did the Emoji movie. It's all coming back. Oh to me. no, that was a bomb, and I've not seen that one. But honestly, there's some kids' movies we'll sit and watch. And you know, I don't think it like. was a bomb. I think it made a lot of money. Really? I think it really did. Are they making oh, a second one? Isn't that the movie where Patrick Stewart plays a poo emoji? I don't think. I don't know. We'd have to look at the numbers on that. Um, oh, anyway, movie news. Let's move away from trailer talk. <laughs> but Connected looks bloody good. Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, Tessa Thompson has surprisingly confirmed that Christian Bale is playing the villain in Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm all for that. It was speculated. People made assumptions, but you know, without any hard, concrete proof, we were like, "No, let's not." Thompson just let it slip. But it makes sense. You get a big name, you might as well put him in somewhere. I mean, they don't always do that though. So that's. But no, I like it. it. Honestly, like I've always liked Christian Bale. I'm still really like having fond memories of his performance in Ford v Ferrari. (laughs) So I'm really happy to see him in anything else. Yeah. Um, We've also got Vin Diesel has revealed that the Guardians will be appearing in Thor 4. As Guardians of the Galaxy. That's it. Now, is is Thor Love and Thunder coming out first before Guardians 3? Yeah, yeah, because they're making this one. That one's... 
So that so, makes sense because we, I think, after Avengers Endgame, everyone's thinking, "Oh, well, Thor's going to be yeah. Thor's going to be in the next Guardians movie." But if Thor comes out first, then wouldn't it make sense? And now I'm I'm thinking opening scene, maybe an action piece, something just to and really then opening titles, and, and they drop it. him off. Yeah. That's what I think it'll be. And they like see a scene. That'll be enough yeah. though. But I, I can't think so. I can't help but feel that wasn't. Vin's news to share. <laughs> but you know what? He's a one-man PR machine. He does his thing. He's also saying other things. He, he has confirmed that a sequel to The Last Witch Hunter is in the works at Lionsgate. Did you make me watch The Last Witch Hunter? Yeah, we did a whole review. Did I hate it? You didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you hated so it. So I'm excited about this news. Thanks, Vin. I don't need... A sequel. Just keep making fast movies. I'll watch all of them. <laughs> um, Woody Harrelson is replacing Jason Statham in Sony's The Man from Toronto, uh, joining Kevin Hart. The action comedy uses a case of a mistaken identity as its jumping off point after the world's deadliest assassin, known as The Man from Toronto, and a New York City screw-up run into each other at an Airbnb. A clash of personalities and a clash with deadly killers ensues. You know, it sounds like a fun concept, but personally, I'd have been more interested in Kevin Hart and Jason Statham. Woody Howelson is always good, is is reliable, mm. but I'm not as excited. But this was like last minute recasting. It's it's weird because Woody Harrelson, you put him in something, and I'm like. You know, if it fits, say something like Zombieland or oh, he's brilliant you know, the, the third Apes movie that that came out. You know, it sort of like you know, it escalates it a little bit. It's like oh, it works with that with that character with with him as an actor. But then I think with you put Jason Statham in a movie and you get a you sort of have like an idea of what the movie is like that action maybe a little bit stupid, but I'm kind of okay with it. That kind of level, Woody Harrelson, it just kind of cheapens it. I don't know. It's just is that just it, it might just be how I'm feeling. I mean, it is Which is different. weird because... I, I mean, I don't know what Sony were thinking. They've both got shaved heads. Like, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether... Patrick Stewart, get him in. Yeah, yeah. Right. Replace That would be interesting. Patrick Stewart and Kevin Hart. What I did hear, though, one of the reasons is that the studio was wanting to make a broader action comedy. Sure. And Statham wanted a more adult, like, more violence, like, more Jason of an movie? action movie. But you know what? He's pulled it back before, though. Like honestly, like, I'm a big Statham fan. You know, I've enjoyed you know the early Guy Ritchie movies, Transporter. You know, you put Statham in a movie more often than not, I will watch it and enjoy it. You, his performance in Spy is fantastic, and I think and that's more of a broad comedy. So he's capable of doing it, but he just obviously didn't want to do it again. If what has been reported I, is true, I think I think just like you said before, like you're putting Woody House in it. I think it just kind of changes the movie. It kind of, like the premise, it, the idea of, or the feeling of what I think the movie was going to be is, is now something different. But I don't know. I need a trailer or something. I've got to be honest, though. Before they talked about Statham leaving the project, I'd never heard of it before. <laughs> and I think you might be the same, but all of a sudden we've got all these opinions about it. I'd heard of it and heard Not of about, Statham okay, fair and, enough, and no, Kevin Hart. I hadn't. In my mind, I, again, I was just... New Statham movie with Kevin Hart, and it makes me think of his cameo that he had in. Oh, of course. Uh, what's it? Hobson Shaw. That's the one. Is that a spoiler? No, that's fine. Think Wikipedia. It's all good. <laughs> Uncharted. Have you heard of that movie? Yeah. Based on the popular video game. Yes. Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Banderas. Banderas has joined the film. We don't know who he's playing, but he's joined the film, and that is with Venom director Ruben Fleischer playing some bad guy some other, some other treasure hunter that's trying to what did I last see him in oh yeah Doolittle oh did you hear as oh, well he was in, yeah he's in that 
If they were to make a sequel to New Mutants, Banderas was going to be in it. And more more likely it'd be the bad guy. Oh. How? That would Why? have been a thing. How do you know? Just read it. It's random. Internet. What it's else about what else what else about Uncharted do you know? No, no, that's it. That, is that the Tom news? Holland's still meant to be the boy, oh, the right. kid, the main guy, what's Drake Fortune? I've not played the game. Drake, somebody? Nathan Drake. That's him. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, the, the first <laughs> it's the first I think it's the first game. What's the second game called Drake's Fortune? It's like his Long ancestors treasure, Drake's fortune. So yeah, Antonio Banderas, <laughs> he's um, doing stuff. Uh, good games, man. Good games. The Sanderson sisters are officially coming back. Um, Hocus Pocus two. Adam Shankman will be directing the sequel for Disney Plus. The original actors are not confirmed to be attached to the sequel, however. So what you were talking about before when we of the heavy opening. So this being a movie that we're always intending to end Disney Plus, and that's definitely going to go there. So mm. even with scheduling or whatever else, we don't need to wait for this on the big screen. So all's good. Unless it's delayed from... Well, it might be Oh, delayed. but then again, filming delays. Oh, yeah, we don't yeah, need yeah. to get into that again. Sorry for <laughs> bringing that back up. Uh, Dracula, following the success of The Invisible Man, Blumhouse is teaming up with director Karen Kuzuma to develop a new Dracula movie. And this is going to be contemporary, just like Invisible Man. So it sounds like Jason Blum is building his own dark universe. If the dark universe is solely Blumhouse, I think it's made, tracking that way. We could be on. That's how you do it, and I like it. It's not. It's none of this. Let's try and make a period piece. Hell with it. Just do it modern. Make it all modern. Give it modern twist. Save money on, save money on costumes. Do it modern, contemporary. I That's like the way it. to go. And we both loved. Invisible Man. I know we've got a review. We do sort you to listen to it if you haven't, but I don't mind saying. We gave already, it a good review. I can already picture all the other ones. Like, do the mummy, but it's like, you know, with bandages, but like in a museum and it breaks free. It's like, oh, no, no. Let's man. leave it to the professionals. Mm, leave, it to, <laughs> leave it to Blumhouse. <laughs> They've got this. Um, the upcoming Scream reboot has found its directors. Ready or not, filmmakers Matthew uh, Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillett will helm the upcoming horror thriller love scream big fan of that franchise do you know i've now seen ready or not you recommended on yes. the podcast a while ago sure i had a pretty good idea of what that movie was going to be going in yes seeing the trailer i thought right. they pretty much showing me what it's going to be yeah what a lot of fun holy crap that is a so great good. movie yeah man so those guys so violent reinventing scream yes please it's interesting you know scream obviously with its sort of meta take on the horror franchise that like the first movie the horror movie then a sequel to the horror movie then the idea of the trilogy and the fourth one was like the re- was like the reboot do you think with doing this with, with this remake i guess because it won't be a sequel it will be a oh they're starting again do you think they can somehow inter- integrate that meta type of commentary on the idea but they'd have to acknowledge the fact that they are remaking something that already kind of happened do you reckon they can pull it off it's just or they, knowing what the approach is going to be. Are like, they going to leave it, leave it be and just be like, look, we just want to make a movie about Ghostface killing people? Just have to wait and see. Oh, I don't know. I hope they come somehow. I couldn't write it. I feel like it was too hard of a challenge. But MTV couldn't write it either. That TV series was At least was they awful. tried to do, like, this is the TV version of I the guess, movie. I guess. They were trying. I don't that. know. Like I tried and it was awful. It wasn't very good. And then <laughs> the final season when they actually had Ghostface mm. on the design for the movies and I tried that and I just couldn't finish that. So even the ghost face didn't. No. Let's see what they do. But I'm the looking movie. forward to more scream. And again, the guys behind Ready or Not, I'm interested. That is an appeal. Okay, TV news. 
Richard E. Grant joins Disney Plus's Loki. Love it. <laughs> uh, there's been no word on who he's set to play in the upcoming series. Do I'm have... guessing a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that he fits. does a great bad that guy. That fits, I reckon. That's good casting. It was great seeing him in the latest Star Wars, mm. and yeah, I. I really like him for this part. Well, well like, not the part because we don't know, but for this series. I mean, we don't know anything about this Loki show except the fact that he's going to be multi-dimensional, probably messing around with timelines In or the something. comics, there's different versions of Loki. Like there's kid Loki, there's uh, female Loki, and there's been set photos of female Loki from this series. So we're going to get oh, wow. different versions of that character. So that's not Tom Hiddleston in drag. That is another actor. <laughs> Oh, they're, they're really throwing the money at it. So they're really going to be looking at the comics for inspiration and putting that on screen. But that but just yeah, shows... Loki's got to be... Well, Loki is the, the bad guy, I guess, or anti-hero in but the it series, just shows, but Richard E. Grant. With all guy. that going on, we have no idea who Richard E. Grant could be. It's, no, but there's many like Marvel villains. Oh, like, of course. I mean... But where do you start? We can just sit here and speculate. Is he going to be a devil like Mephisto? You just don't know. And then it turns out he's just some guy in a suit. Like a, like, you know, like a suit and tie. Have you heard that they're doing a Beauty and the Beast prequel series? I, I, well, I did, yeah. Disney Plus. Did this is a series with Luke Evans and Josh Gad. Of course, they're returning from the big movie. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm like, why not? Like, whatever. Do they need an origin? I mean, no. Story? But do we need anything? Do we really need anything? But, I mean, if you, if you can't do an origin story for Belle, you know, if um, what's-her-name is too expensive... Hermione Granger, I, just, I can't remember I her name. I <laughs> don't want this to be what Disney Plus is. Like We're just talking about the Loki series. That, for me, is different. That's going to be like a mini-series or a mini-event that's going to tie into the wider DC... Hmm. Or not DC. That's going to tie into the MCU. I'm interested I think, in that, but having characters from a live-action Disney movie having their own... Like, when they were talking about doing the Aladdin spin-off, I think that might have been shelved. With that prince? Yeah. But I, I don't I know. Think, I think that's very different because that's like some random character that had like one scene, maybe two. But it's but still that. a character from like a live action adaption of an animated film they've had success with. Mm. I mean, I guess maybe with their Disney properties, you know, like they're being a bit more free with it. They've been like, look, this is, we're making this for the kids. You know, it's not like the precious Marvel, the precious Star Wars where it's like, what we need to make has to be quality. But are the kids interested though? Probably not, but I mean, look back to when... They I mean, did. who is it? Gaston and what's the... They went back and did a... You know, back in the day, they had, like, Timon and Pumbaa's animated TV series. They had... But that is different. Though. I mean, I guess they are supporting characters as well, but I think there was more of an audience for that, and they had that Disney afternoon or morning slot of... Yes, yeah. Any of the Aladdin characters. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the, you're right. Maybe this is just the modern version of that. I think my way of looking at it is just, like, there's no harm in more content, you know? But there's a handful of content. That's my thing. So if they're going to make a, like a handful of things, and then one of them is this, one of them is an Aladdin spin-off. Mm. Well, at the moment, you know, Disney Plus has really slowed down since you know the Mandalorian came to an end. Well, the only thing we have is new episodes of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. But I've only seen the first episode of season one, so I'm not just going to jump on season seven. <laughs> so I'm getting nothing from Disney Plus at the moment. Exactly. Like. You know, the missus, you know, binge-watched the Lizzie McGuire show in anticipation for the new show. And oh, that's news. The fact that it's not... Is that on be, our thing? It's not on our thing. But there's apparently... What's she called? Hilary Duff? That's the one. She wanted the show to move to 
Hulu because she was saying that the audience has grown and she wants to tell adult stories that they wouldn't be able to yeah. do on Disney+. Plus. A little part of me is a, a bit like, I get what Disney is saying, where they're, where they're coming from, because... You know, it would be such a shift. And even that show when she was a child, you know, there were adult characters in there, but even they were played young and, and free. And at the same time, I get what she's saying. She wants to do justice by the character and the fans who have now grown up. But she's come out and said, like, there was going to be sex and cheating and all, you know, like marital affairs. And, and it's I mean, like that, a that bit is a, full That on. is a different show. A bit full It, it is a different show. I mean, I think even... I mean, I've never seen it, but I'd imagine the audience that has grown up with it wouldn't want that much of a deviation from I, what I feel like that's a different show, whereas I think you can still have the same show with more mature content, but just not to that level, you know. Her dealing with work and stuff like that, and, and maybe, you know, yeah, maybe her husband's, you know, being a bit dickish, but I don't know. We don't, so need, can, we don't can, need affairs I can and see why sleeping around and all that. While they're divided on it. But you've got to think, though, you know, the audience that watched it then, maybe they're older, they've got, maybe they've got siblings, or maybe they've got kids of their own, and they wanted to share... The show, and I guess they can't if it's going in that more adult direction. But that was random. Um, yeah, that's completely off the cuff. I it. did not prep but anything cool. from that's that right. show. Um, an active story. I am or a story I'm actively following. So that's all right. Turner and Hooch, um, Lindsay Fonseca from Nikita and Cara Patterson from The Arrangement have been cast as female leads opposite Josh Peck in Turner and Hooch. Uh, Disney Plus's reboot of the 1989 buddy cop comedy. I've seen that film. Tom Hanks. But I don't remember it. And I'm trying very hard not to bring up coronavirus, but Tom Hanks, you know what I'm oh, saying. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. He's going to be okay. He is going to be okay, but it's hard to get away from, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But Terran Hooch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just got to yeah. move. And Rita Wilson, his wife. And his wife. Everyone's person. talking about Tom, Tom Hanks. And how he puts too dirty. much Vegemite on his toast. It's fine. It's all good. That is way too much Vegemite. No, it's... F- look, if you, no, that is too much. Do you like Vegemite? I'm more of a Marmite guy being British. If you like, if you like Vegemite, <laughs> that, no, it's not I, too much. It is too much. No, it's fine. I know I'm having this conversation with an Australian. I do that much. That is way too much I Vegemite. Love no, love you Vegemite. are incorrect, I'm sir. not saying eat it with a spoon. You, no, 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 well, no, was, no, no. That no. was a fine amount. Okay, I was probably have... on the cusp of enough. It's too much. That's fine. Too much. I would have um, done with butter, though. That would have... Anyway, but the Turner and Hooch news... Cool. My kids love Vegemite, and I'm, <laughs> I I prepare for them on a regular basis. That is way too much Vegemite. Well, let's just move to the next story, because you don't want to talk about this dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, don't watch the end, it's sad. Uh, Whoa! Taika, I said don't watch the end. Taika Wahiti will write... Oh, come on, this is a movie that came out in 1989. Like, you that know, was, the people might not. I've know. still not said the... No, not going to say. Taika Waititi will write, direct, and executive produce two animated series based on the works of Roald Dahl for Netflix. Exciting! I've been, uh, yeah, looking forward to this Roald Dahl thing. Great Netflix. fit. Having someone like Taika aboard the project. The first will be based on the classic Charlie and the Chocolate Factory characters, while the other series will be an original take on the Oompa Lumpers. Wow! Maybe it's going to get weird. Do you know what? I just had this thought of. Taika Waititi playing Willy Wonka, and Ooh, I'm really, yes. really into it. This month, I'm finally going to get to see Jojo Rabbit. It comes oh, out to run. still haven't. Still oh, haven't. Looking forward to it. I'm interested in everything he does. Did you see What We Do in the Shadows? Yeah, I wasn't. Solid. I wasn't a huge fan, although I've loved every other thing he's done. Oh, That's man. probably my least oh, favourite of the the, the series or the movie? The movie. Because I watched the TV series and absolutely loved oh, every minute Oh, maybe that as a precursor set you up the for it. The series is amazing. 
watched the movie, didn't care for it. But the is it, the US... series has a different name, doesn't it? Isn't it? No, it's no. What we do in the shadows? Oh, it's still that. and it's okay. US based. Right. But one of the main vampires is played by British comedian Matt Berry. It is solid. I absolutely love what we do in the shadows and waiting for the season two. And Tyker is in that. He's very much involved. It's brilliant. It's cool. Really, really good. But yeah, him doing Roald Dahl, I am there for that one hundred percent. Um, perhaps some disappointing Doctor Who news. Bradley Walsh and Tolson Cole to exit Doctor Who in the Christmas special. That's fine. You know, okay, not that upsetting. <laughs> no, no, right. Well, you know, they are good characters, and they're their two characters very much belong together. So them leaving together at the same time, that's that's that works. Cool. And Doctor Who's always a, a changing show, isn't it? It, it is. The companions do change, but I've got to be honest, I've got to be maybe three, four weeks behind on Doctor Who. So you're not phased at Lost interest a little bit. Like, <laughs> episodes have been so, so this series, and the episodes go for a solid hour. So I've really got to get myself is this, in the Is this the right third series with... Second. With Jodie Whittaker? second... Series Are you proud of me Whittaker. that I know that name? That's not. Yeah, right you now. did very well, Jodie yeah. Whittaker. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and she, you know, she's still good in the role. I just, I don't know. Like it's anyway. So it's not her. It's the. It's the show. It's yeah, the show. it's the show. But you know, apparently exciting things are coming. But yeah, Christmas special. It's a classic staple of Doctor Who, and these characters will be making their exit. Lost in space is still a thing. Did you know that? <laughs> Season two came out to a whimper. Like Netflix didn't push it. At all. Like I watched the first season. I was excited for the second. Just haven't got to it. I watched the first handful of episodes of season one. I was excited for it, and then I barely lost remember how the first interest. season. I don't know if we can talk about it, but like the first, it didn't end with there was something no surprising. Didn't finish. I watched like six oh, episodes even... or something. Uh, wow. But it's been renewed for a third and final season. So maybe I'll go back. I mean, it looks good, and the episodes I watched were decent and expensive. Do you know what, this is what just happened in my brain. So normally, if, if I love a show and I'm watching it, and then they say, oh, third season, it's ending, I'd be like, that's annoying, that's frustrating, I'm upset. But to know that the, there's a final third season planned, I'm only a season behind at this stage, it kind of makes me go, okay. You're going to catch an up? An achievable goal, and okay. maybe that's <laughs> something. Maybe, oh, yeah. And I might go back to. But I did think, enjoy I think it. now with an end date, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, maybe I'll jump in. The Last of Us, another video game kind of thing um, a series is in the works at HBO from Chernobyl creator Craig Muzzin and The Last of Us creator director Neil Druckmann I was about to say Drunk Man but that's not his name um, very exciting did you play this game at least it is a very theatrical no, type video game no I haven't is the was is, is it the likeness of Ellen Page or does she voice the character no it's is it's, there no connection there no. I've always no there's another game and yeah no, right it's, it's okay so I've never actually it's a, it's a played girl, the game so but I, I guess I thought there was some connection there okay no I've not played the game but I've always seen and recognised it does look very theatrical when but I played this game I legit was like this is the best game I've ever played oh, in cool. my life ever oh there like, we go it was amazing so and it is quite theatrical so it should transcend well into a, a TV kind of world especially with a HBO budget um, Gustavo Santaolala, the composer responsible for the haunting music in The Last of Us, will be scoring the HBO series as well. So I mean, good. that's just perfect, isn't it? If you knew the music. You're just assuming it was good, right? What if the music was shit in the game? No, I mean, so you're talking about really <laughs> liking the game. So like, what they're doing, so HBO is saying, right, so we've got the guy that did yeah. Chernobyl, so you know you're getting quality with Craig Mazin, and then the creative director from the game, they're bringing him on board, and, the music and they've got the guy. composer. So that's what I'm appreciating. <laughs> it's like, right, okay, so they're doing it properly. Yeah. 
Like we've got Sonic on the big screen. Oh, that's still playing if you're wondering about what's on in the movies. <laughs> so Sonic on the big screen. Uh, Illumination is still meant to be doing their Super Mario Brothers movie. And then yeah, a couple years. this series, we've yep. got Uncharted. So finally, finally, we're getting some decent video game adaptions. Now, was, was The Witcher a video game? It was a video game. Was it a, oh, yeah, The Witcher. Was, yeah, it Netflix. A, was it something before? Was it a book? A before? book, yeah. So it's oh, a, that doesn't count. Of, well, the books are what first made it popular, and then it spiked again in interest with the video game. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't count. Um, but, yeah, no, we, I think we're in a changing decade of, uh, of uh, video game stuff. I've got some news on the TV series Inside Number Nine. Tell me, it's my go-to show. I, I often bring this up, I whether it's a recommendation. You're or, one of nine people news. who watch it. I think this show is fantastic. <laughs> and you know what? I watched an episode last night. It was yeah. it was very very good. Better than Doctor Who, you say? Oh, a lot better. Honestly, <laughs> Inside Number Nine is solid. An anthology series. The only thing that connects them, other than the two stars, Steve Pemberton and Reece Shearsmith, who write all the episodes, is Number Nine. That's what connects all of them. Whether it's the ninth carriage on a train, apartment nine, it's always number nine and it is brilliant. BBC has ordered two more series. They've just released series five, so that takes us through to six and seven. I love it, honestly. And one day, one day you shall watch an episode I should, of Inside I'll, Number I'll Nine. Probably and you recognize like, it. I mean, it's wow. the guys from, or two of the guys, should I say, from League of Gentlemen. It's brilliant. Inside Number Nine. There you go. Watch it. Okay, cool. That's uh, TV news. Recommend. What do you have for us this time? Okay, I have um, a movie that is at the cinemas. That's not Sonic the Hedgehog, and it's not Bloodshot. It's called Queen and Slim. Oh, yes. Yes, now this is... I've heard great things about this. It's a drama. It's I'll, I'll be ser- I'll be honest with you. It's it's, it's serious. It's got uh, Daniel Kaluuya, so from Get Out, Black Panther... I think he was in Skins one season back in the day. He was also in the show Psychoville, created by Steve Pemberton and Reese Smith from Inside Number Nine. So you were saying. Wow, okay. Daniel Kaluuya. I uh, also got Jodie Turner-Smith in there as well, alongside him. Um, basically, the plot follows two African-Americans who go on the run after brutally killing a police officer by accident um, during a traffic stop in self-defense. Oh, I guess that's where the, the accident part comes in. So... Because of, I guess, the colour of their skin, the situation that's that's there, they decide that it's better for them just to run because there's no way they're going to get out of this um, without just going to prison. So they take their chances, and it's um, it's pretty powerful stuff. It's pretty intense. Um, it's hard to when you get to the end of the movie, it's hard to say, did I enjoy that? Because it's pretty. It highlights a few things, but it's it's good stuff. Good solid drama. Lots to say, and yeah. It just points out some shitty things that are going on in the world. It also tells me that you're still going to the cinema. Good, yes. good cinema. Yes, good it cinema. does. I'm going to recommend The Jim Gaffigan Show. Have you heard of this? No. Have you heard of stand-up comedian Jim Gaffigan? Also actor. He, he no. pops up <laughs> in heaps of things. So this is a TV series that ran for two seasons. It first aired in 2015. Jim Gaffigan stars as a fictionalised version of himself, a stand-up comedian raising five children in a two-bedroom New York City apartment. I loved the show, thought it was absolutely fantastic. Ashley Williams plays Jeannie Gaffigan, who is Jim's wife. 
The real-life Jeannie Gaffigan was one of the executive producers on the show. She produced it with her husband. Okay. So the whole thing, more than it just being Jim Gaffigan. So if you think your comparison is Seinfeld, it's him putting his whole family and casting them in this series. It ran for just two series because they decided against the third season so they could spend more time with their kids. Now, this wow. is a show that I watched as it was airing years ago. Really, really enjoyed it. And as recent as last night, I was looking on Prime. The whole thing is on there. Right. And it rekindled my interest in this show. I have Prime. So I thought this is very timely. I can recommend something that's just been made readily available to everyone. Now, Jim Gaffigan, stand-up comedian. So if you've got Netflix or Amazon... Heaps of his comedy specials are on there. He's a funny, funny guy. I feel like you said Jim Gaffigan a lot in that recommend. Because I want you to know it's the Jim Gaffigan show. <laughs> you know, his latest, oh, what was it? I think it was a Netflix special. And then under our social media account, I commented on Twitter. And then he reached out to us from his official Twitter account, just confirming that what I was saying was correct, that it actually was available here in Australia. <laughs> okay. It was weird, man. It was a weird Sunday morning. I was just waking up, and then he was sending me messages. Anyway, so the Jim Gaffigan show. Yes, Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Check it out on Prime. I really hope your trivia is Jim Gaffigan related. It's not. It's, oh, um, can you imagine that? Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh, man. Can we hear this is no laughing matter? This is no laughing matter. Turner and Hooch. To okay. be specific. <laughs> okay. A line from this film where Turner yells at Hooch to not eat the car was used in animation test footage for Toy Story. When Tom Hanks saw the test footage, it convinced him to take on the role of Woody. Sure did. That's pretty cool. Sure did. Jack Nicholson, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase all considered for the role. I think they made the right choice. For Woody or? With Hanks, yeah, for okay. Woody. <laughs> no, not for Woody. For Turner. For, for Turner. This okay. is all Turner and Hooch. I just happened oh, to I, have I don't know if you'd somehow a went. Toy Story connection. <laughs> okay, so let's keep it, keep it strictly Turner Hooch then. The two other investigators are Foster and McCabe, which were the same names of the second team to tail Axel Foley in Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, wow. Both movies had one of the same writers. Okay. Like multiple writers on both movies. So he snuck that in there somehow. But he put it in there, which is pretty cool. So what no. have we got there? We've got Turner and Hooch, we've got Toy Story, we've got Beverly Hills Cop. You're just, it's all happening. You, you appealed to me on so many levels there. And oh, have wow. I mentioned Jim Gaffigan? He's a, <laughs> he's a very good stand-up comedian. Well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that Film Street Podcast. We also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmstewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Superman Red Sun. Sounds like comics have a recent episode looking at Super Mario Brothers from 1993. And Rewind and Review recently went back to 1999 with Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of Spencer Confidential and our latest movie review in association with Video Easy, Charlie's Angels. All good stuff. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. <laughs>